Hey y'all, welcome to episode two of Relation Shipping and Handling. Uh, I am your host, Hunter. Uh, it's great to be talking to y'all again. Um, let me just share something with you guys. Uh, this this last week has been really difficult and the, the enemy has been attacking a lot. And uh, just a few seconds ago, I actually almost said welcome to episode three because um, this was supposed to actually be week three, the episode three um, podcast. Um, but earlier this week, Jasmine and I, um, <laughs> we recorded uh, the what was supposed to be episode two twice. And um, at different times, uh, it just didn't, it didn't record. Uh, it got too dark for us, um, just different things like that. And so... Uh, here I am um, doing episode two uh, a week early, or episode three a week early. Um, but anyway, here we are. Uh, this is this is going to be a good one. It's one that I am not good at. Um, this is not going to be a teaching moment at all. This is actually going to be a hey guys, let me share with you what I have learned. Um, and if y'all haven't noticed by the title, probably up there or down there or wherever it is, um, we're going to be talking today about a relationship with ourselves, a relationship with me. And this is really difficult for me. Um, and I know that right now, uh, Jasmine is nodding up and down like a, uh, like a bobblehead. Uh, she probably gave herself whiplash. Um, by, by nodding along and agreeing with me. Um, and, and so you might be asking, well, why is this such a difficult subject, Hunter? Um, well, I'll tell you. And it is because I'm just, I'm, I'm pretty hard on myself. Uh, in fact, I'm not pretty hard on myself. I am really hard on myself. Um, and it and it's not from a perspective of uh, perfectionism or anything like that. Um, it's just it's the way that I've gone about doing things for the majority of my life. Um, I am um, I'm just that type of person, honestly. Um, and it's it's not a good thing most of the time. Uh, sometimes I would say it is a good thing, um, but it's not most of the time. And so just to give you guys some context, so since, since, I, since uh, this pandemic happened and people started quarantining and I've had to quarantine myself a few times uh, in different, and it looked different you know, each time or whatever, but since that happened and, and we stopped really meeting with other people and seeing other people, <laughs> guys, to be really honest, I've, I've put on at least 15 to 20 pounds um, and, and I know that this is something that other people have dealt with. I'm not unique in that, in that sense. Um, but my reaction to that is I get out of the shower and I look at myself in the mirror and, and I do my best Edna from, uh, from the Incredibles impersonation. And I just go, my God, you've gotten fat. Um, <laughs> you know, I call myself fatty. I, I, I say things um, that are not very positive. Uh, you know, it's it's that goodness, Hunter. What have you done? Why why have you let yourself get to this place? 
and it's kind of a browbeating kind of thing. Um, Jasmine is is very much uh, she doesn't like it whenever I say those things, um, but but I've talked with my best friend Richard about the fact that um, the response that we get from our significant others is not typically what we want to hear. Uh, and what we get from our significant others, because they are so loving and so caring and gentle, they say things like, oh no, babe, you're so handsome, and I love the way you look. No matter how you look, I would love you so much, and yada, yada, yada. And what I really need, what we really would like, is, hey, so I love you, but maybe you need to go for a run. <laughs> maybe you need to eat healthier. Maybe you need to eat less. Maybe you need to start working out again. Um, but that's not typically what we get. Um, and you know, so so along with it, I, I don't really show myself a lot of grace. I don't I don't receive grace or mercy all that well, um, just in general. Um, not just talking about physical appearances and, and all of that, but just in general, I don't I don't really s receive that very well. So that's part of the reason why this is this is a difficult thing for me. Um, I have typically a negative, a more negative point of view of myself rather than positive, and I justify that by saying, well, you know, it's better it's better to 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 have that point of view than to be proud, than to have pride. Because I know that in my past, I have really, really, really struggled with pride. I still do. I don't think there's a single person out there that doesn't struggle with pride in one way or another. But that's what we're diving into today. Um, again, this is a learning experience, not at all a teaching experience. So please don't think that I'm browbeating or I'm saying, hey, you should do better. No, this is this is a hey guys, come into come into real life with me, and and um, come with me to to dive into what what I need to be uh, doing, what I need the way I need to be seeing myself, and of course, just like every week, we have a core scripture, and this core scripture that that I'm that I'm basing this all on is is actually a verse taken from. The, um, the core scriptures of this podcast in general. And it is Matthew 22, uh, verse 39. And Jesus is, is saying the second greatest commandment. And he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, it's interesting that Jesus doesn't say, after he's talked about how much we should love and, and to the extent that we need to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. He doesn't say, and love your neighbor as I love them or as God loves them. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. So that implies that we need to have a, an accurate love for ourselves in order to love the neighbor that we have, the other person, everyone else. So before I get too deep into this, uh, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for allowing me to talk about this, this subject. 
I thank you so much for your teaching, for your discipleship, for your guidance, God. Thank you for your, your Holy Spirit directing me in this, Lord Jesus. I thank you so much that I'm allowed to, in this country, talk and post about this so others can hear, God. I pray right now for each individual that's listening to this and watching this, that they receive something from you, God. That you speak through me, that you just move me aside and just speak through me, God. I pray that as we go throughout the rest of this week, that we will put some of these uh, very tangible things, these, these very practical things into practice, Lord Jesus. And I pray all these things in your glorious, precious name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you, guys. Um, so, one of the first things um, is, is before I can understand what it's like to have a relationship with myself, there are a couple of questions that I need to ask. So the first question that I that I asked and that I feel like the Holy Spirit had me ask myself is how do I need to see myself? And the first thing that comes to mind is I need to realize that I am a fallible human being. That I I I am not perfect. I don't, I, I make mistakes. Uh, not that I don't make mistakes. I do make mistakes. And where I'm going to go first with this is in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 7, verse 15. And Paul, man, Paul really gets down to, uh, to the meat and potatoes of this. And he says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. And what I hate, I do. Now, now Paul is, is talking about struggling with sin when he's talking to the church in Rome. What he's saying here is, is uh, I, I want so badly and I desire to do good. I desire to do what, what the Holy Spirit has placed on my heart to do. But there are a lot of times where I just don't do it. I can't. I don't know why. And I don't know about you guys, but there have been times that I have done that plenty where I'm like, God, why can't I do this? Why can't I follow after you the way that I desire to and the way that you desire for me to? And then there are other times where I do things that I hate, <laughs> right? Like I want to love people. And then there are those times <laughs> where I, I flip somebody off in traffic. I'm just being honest, guys. I honk. I, I instead, of, instead of hearing and listening to someone, I judge. And I'm quick to speak. And I'm quick to become angry. And it doesn't make sense. But what Paul is doing here, I feel like, is he's going, here's a guy who spent three years, um, approximately, from, from what we understand, preparing for his ministry before he even did anything. This guy was on fire for Jesus. 
He's he's part of the reason why we have the church the way that it. I mean, he wrote a, a good portion as far as books go of the New Testament. He wrote the majority of the books of the New Testament. He's on fire for for Jesus. And and he's I believe that he's saying this to go, look guys, I don't got it figured out either. I struggle with sin too. And so I think that he's giving some grace. He's 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 giving himself grace and but he's not letting himself off the hook because he's still saying like I desire to do these things that are good but I can't do them I don't do them and the things that I hate I do but he's he's pushing forward and saying we can still strive to do better the next place that I want to go is a very quotable uh, verse in the book of Romans and that is Romans 3.23 It is For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all sin. Every single person sins. I am a person. I am a human being. And so I sin. I have and I will continue to sin. But and here's, here's the really good part, right? The second um, response to how do I need to see myself is we need to be seeing ourselves. I need to be seeing myself the way that God sees me. This is the most important, I believe. Not just seeing us, ourselves as fallible human beings because then we let ourselves off the hook right? That we still need to be pushing forward and being proactive to, to be more like Christ. But we need to be able to, in order to receive some grace, we need to see ourselves like God sees us. And so I'm going back to Romans 3, but it's Romans 3, 22 through uh, 25. Okay. And I do this to give a little bit more context, right? So Paul is saying, he's saying here, this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. He's talking about righteousness and, 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 and us being made righteous, right? There is, no, uh, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's what we just read. We're stating the fact that everyone has sinned. But then he says, and so we all fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. So what does that say? And Paul is saying, look, we all sin. But guess what? We can be made new. We can. We are atoned for our sins. We no longer have to slaughter animals in order to, to gain atonement. Jesus came, lived a perfect life. He died a perfect man, and he, and he became our sacrifice. Jesus paid it all in full 
It's a free gift for each and every one of us. So, so you know what that means? Sin no longer has to define who I am. Jesus does that for us. Isn't that amazing? My definition, the definition of who I am is no longer dependent on what I do and the sins that I commit. It's, it's dependent on Jesus because he took my place. So I'm a fallible human being myself, but Jesus is my redemption. I want to go to another place that is very popular, probably the most popular verse. Um, and, and I don't have to read it from the Bible, but there's something about reading straight from God's word. that's so powerful, but it's the, it, it's a, it's a verse that people even are able to quote that aren't believers and have never stepped foot in church. And that is John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It's really important in the way that we read the Bible, that we read it in context of, of how it was intended to be read and not the intention of, well, I believe this. And so here's scripture that backs it up. That's, uh, that's, that's called uh, eisegesis, eisegesis. Um, I think I'm saying that right. If I'm not, I'm sorry. Um, so that's, here's my point, and I'm going to build scripture around that. I'm going to take scripture out of context to, to really build up my, my point and my belief. It's really important that we don't do that. And it's really important that we don't practice Narcissus, which is putting ourselves at the center and making ourselves the hero and, and reading scripture and going, well, this is me and I've got these things going on and, and it was written, uh, you know, about me and for me and all that. Now the word of God is living, uh, and it, and it, and it, you could read something today and it means one thing and then read it again, the very same thing three years later and it means something completely different and it pushes you in a different direction. And that's, that's why it's so living and that's why it's the greatest book ever uh, written on the face of the earth. But it's important not to, to not see things that way. I bring that up to say this. When in... in John three sixteen, where he says, for God so loved the world. And, and remember, this is Jesus talking to Nicodemus and he's asking, okay, how can I enter the kingdom of God? How can I be saved, become a Christian basically? And Jesus is saying this in return to him, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life eternal life will be a Christian, will be saved from eternal damnation. And whenever Jesus says, for God so loved the world, the world is people in the world. He created each and every one of us and he loves us. 
He loves us with an agape love, which agape means unconditional love. We can't do anything to earn his love. Just like we can't do anything to earn his salvation, we can't do anything to earn his love. So when he says the world, it's okay to place your name in there. For God so loved Hunter that he sent his one and only son because I am a part of what he's talking about. I am not putting myself in there as the hero because guess what? God is the hero who sent Jesus who is who is the hero to save me and to save you and to save every person that has ever walked this earth and, and been a fallible human being that sins. Next, I'd like to go to to Ephesians 2.10. And for the most part, I read from the New International Version, the NIV. But for this, the way that it's worded, I'm just going to say, guys, I'm, I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. And, and it, because it, it says uh, it says a word that's like that really sticks out to me and really is quite amazing. He says, "For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago." So, to define the word masterpiece, I, I love I love how Paul says that how how it's translated that way. For we are God's masterpiece, <laughs> right? In other translations, it's God's handiwork. That's a really awesome, awesome, uh, uh, you know, imagery right there. His handiwork. He's the one that's like molding us and building us and masterpiece. What's the definition of a masterpiece? I looked it up in the dictionary. And uh, one definition is a, uh, a great piece of work as in art. So if you're an artist, a masterpiece is going to be a, a, a great piece of work, a greatest piece of work, something that is extraordinary. Another definition of it is anything done with with masterly skill. Now how, how awesome is that? And how, how awesome does that sound, right? He sees this as masterpieces, not just ordinary pieces of art, right? I, uh, Jasmine and I, one time, we had a paint date, okay? And uh, I'm not really sure if I'm going to show this or not. Uh, we'll see. But we had a paint date, and it was, all right, I got watercolors and paintbrushes and these, and, and these, like, canvas papers that that can take watercolor or whatever and we painted the entire time that we were together we were talking and whatever but we were painting the whole time i think i did a decent job i took a picture of jasmine and her dog stitch and um i i painted that as best as i could uh, i think i did a pretty decent job but uh it, it, it pales in comparison to real artists out there. I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it. Jasmine thinks that it's great, uh, but again, Jasmine is also the person that whenever I say, oh, I'm really fat right now, or I'm the heaviest I've ever been, she goes, well, I love you, baby. I think you look handsome and whatever. Um, thank you, Jasmine, for doing that. You're so kind and sweet. Um, but in comparison to what I feel like are 
masterpieces like Frederick Church's Icebergs. Um, if you guys haven't seen that, I think it's still at the Dallas Museum of Art. It is incredible. And, and, and I used to go and see it and, during like the week during the uh, in the middle of the summer and I would sit there and just look at it for hours because it was so incredible to me. But that's a masterpiece in my in my eyes, right? And what I did is just ordinary. And so that's like it's basically what what we could try to do is just an ordinary piece of piece of art, right? But but God sees us as masterpieces because we are his masterpieces. And so why is it important to be seen as masterpieces? Why is it important to be the the subject of masterly skill? And it's because at the end of it, he's, he says, Paul says, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. How can we do the good things that God plans for us to do? Well, we have to be made masterpieces. A human skill can't do the things that he wants us to do. It's God's skill, his handiwork that molds us into the way that we need to be. And so how should I, how do I need to see myself? Well, I need to see myself as a fallible human being, but even more importantly, I need to see myself the way that God sees me because there's a plan and there is a purpose for me being the way that I am. And I need to start seeing that. And this is this is all stuff that I'm that I'm like learning and and trying to teach myself. And so uh, another another question that that needs to be asked, I believe, is why do I need to see myself that way? Why do I need to see myself as a fallible human being? And why do I need to see myself the way that God sees me? Well, the first the first response I believe is well, so that I that I don't strive for perfectionism or and or pride, right? So me being a fallible human being, it, 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 tells me, it tells me that I can't do this on my own, which if you think that you can do it on your own, well then that, that goes into pride I can do it, I can do it, self-centered. And then then the way that God sees me, well, if if I can if I can sit there and go, well, I I can obtain this on my own, then I start striving for perfectionism and that's not a good place to be. It's interesting because my word for 2020 is humility. Man, I needed to start seeing myself as a fallible human being and and as the way that, that God sees me in order to really obtain some humility, I think. And one of the ways that I have started to see just here recently is, as a way to obtain some humility uh, outside of like just getting rid of pride, right, is, is grace. Um, I can't obtain humility myself because that's pride all in itself, right? Like I can do it myself, that's pride. And and I can do things to get better or to get to humility, well that's perfectionism. Well what I need is God's grace in order for me to be humble. And 
I'm gonna be going to a place. Just try to track with me, guys. Um, if this doesn't make sense, I'm really sorry. And if you think that I'm like kind of pulling it at at threads and not really connecting things, well, I'm I'm sorry again. Please let me know. Um, but I'm gonna go to my uh, life verse and my favorite verse. This this verse is has been an anchor for me through so many things, and that is um, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And some of y'all know this story. Uh, Paul, he's writing to the Corinthians, and he's talking about how that he has this thorn of the flesh. We don't know what that thorn of the flesh is, uh, but we do know that he asked God three different times, God, please take this thorn from me. Please take this thorn from me. Please take this hurt from me. And uh, and so we pick up in verse 9. But he said to me, and this is Jesus, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. How how else could you be humble than to boast in your weaknesses, right? Like that's not a pride move at all. And and what what Christ is telling Paul at this point is, "Hey, guess what? All you need, sufficient means this is all that I need is my grace. My grace is sufficient for you." And my power is made perfect in your weakness. Because it's not until we humble ourselves that we can get rid of pride, that we can get rid of perfectionism. And, and what I am starting to, to believe is that I can't obtain humility on myself. I need God's grace to obtain that humility. And so... so bring that around to what we're talking about and the way that we need to see ourselves, the way I need to see myself, is maybe grace, and I, I, I think I think probably more along the lines of, yeah, probably instead of maybe, but probably grace is God's response to me whenever I'm being too hard on myself, <laughs> right? When I, when I think I need to know when when I think I can do it on my own, man, I think that's God's response to me is, grace is all you need. Grace is all you need. That's all you need, my grace. And again, I said that at, at the beginning, I, I, I'm not very good at receiving grace. But it's something that I need to work on. It's something I need, really need to start we're, uh, working towards. Is receiving grace so that he then by his grace can allow me to be humble and if I'm humble I start to see myself in the light of I am a fallible human being and this is the way that God sees me and I need to start seeing myself that way another another reason for what I believe in the question of why do I need to see myself that way Another answer to that would be, well, guess what? Life is not about me. This is not the hunter show, right? 
Uh, I think it was, it's it's the Truman Show, I think, right? Um, where Jim Carrey, it's either, yeah, it's it's the Truman Show, where where the TV show is like completely centered around Truman from the time that he was born all the way up and everything and everything that people do they're doing it for the show for Truman and all this and that's not what life is man I tell you what guys life is about God life is about Jesus right so if I mean, just look at the whole arc of the Bible, the way that the Bible is, is strung together, okay? And if, and if we're looking at the Bible and we're not doing it, um, if it's wrong while we're reading the Bible and teaching the Bible to, to do it in a eisegesis and, and narcissus way of, of like, here's my idea and here's all the scripture that I can pack around it to make my point or here's the Bible and it's written and I'm going to insert myself into the Bible. Like I'm David and there's my Goliath. That's not, that's not the way that we need to be looking at it. And if we're not reading the Bible or teaching the Bible like that, well then why would it be okay to live life that way? Why would it be okay to think the Bible is all about me and the things that I do, the Bible backs up? Like, why would that be something that we would be okay with, right? If we look at it from the very beginning of, of time, right? God makes us righteous in, in Adam and Eve. He's walking with them and he wants them to be righteous and to be in right standing with him and be in relation ship with him but they disobey and then God gives grace and they obey and then they disobey again and then God gives grace and he and they obey and it's back and forth and back and forth we cannot earn righteousness just like I read in Romans 3:23 we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God but you know what there's hope because Jesus then enters the scene. He lives his perfect life. He does not commit one single sin. Something that other humans cannot do. And he dies a perfect man. And then he conquers death. And through him, there is a way to righteousness that he creates. So God is at the center. He wanted us to be righteous from the very beginning. But when we couldn't, when we couldn't add, you know, get to that point, because we all sin and fall short of the glory of God, we fall short of righteousness. Well, then he created a way for us to do that. And so we need to be seeing ourselves the way that God sees us and as fallible human beings because the, the our life, the story, it's not about us. It's about God in the first place. And once we start realizing, hey, God is at the center of this, not me, well then guess what? I'm going to stop calling myself a Fatty McFatterson, right? Because God sees me as his child. 
And does he want me to be healthy? Does he want me to eat better? Does he want me to exercise? Does he want me to, to lose some weight? I'm sure he does because I'm not taking care of the temple that he gave me. But guess what? What propels me to do that is the fact that I have God centered at my life. God is at the center of everything. And if I'm searching for him, if I'm yearning for him, well then guess what? All those other things are going to fall into place. So what kind of relationship do I need to have with myself? After answering these questions, what kind of relationship do I need to have my with myself. Well, first of all, I need to see myself the way that God sees me and as a fallible human being. And if I'm doing that, well then I'm not going to be blindly positive about myself, but I'm also not going to be too negative on myself. Now I'm not talking about like motivation. Now you can have different ways of motivating yourself, but it doesn't have to be the tearing yourself down every single time. And it also doesn't have to be the, I'm great the way I am, or I can do it. It's not, it's not biblical, because we can't do really anything. We've got to allow God's grace to get us there and to do certain things, oh, pretty much everything. So I need to show myself love, but not let myself off the hook, and I need to challenge myself. We're called to be challenged, to grow closer to God. So to, to recap a little bit, we're called to love, love other people with agape love. We can't, we can't do it because God is the only one that can love unconditionally, but we're supposed to fasten our lives like God, like Jesus. So how, how can we, how are we supposed to love other people? Well, he says it right there. Jesus says it right there in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. And so we need to be loving ourselves. So how do we love other people? Well, as I've been discussing in, in this these podcasts, and I'll continue to discuss in these podcasts, how we love each other and how to best love each other is probably by building relationships. God designed us to be relational beings. So love other people by building relationships with them. And how do we know how to love other people is by the way that we love ourselves. So how can we love ourselves properly by building a relationship with ourself. So that wholeheartedly goes back into the core scriptures of this podcast completely, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So as you go throughout the this week, Ask yourself, how well are you, how, how, how good are you doing at loving yourself? At seeing your, yourself the way that God sees you. At seeing yourself as a fallible human being by not, by not being so much of a perfectionist and, and striving for perfection and not having pride that you can do it yourself if you just try hard enough. 
because you can't. You're a sinner. Just like me. Just like your pastor. Just like your parents. Just like your siblings. You're a sinner. But God created a way for you to still have the righteousness that he ultimately wanted you to have. And that was through his son, Jesus Christ. So if you're looking to be more humble, if you're looking to love yourself more, just remember God's grace is sufficient for you. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys got something out of it. I sure, I, I surely did. Um, and, and I hope that like me, you'll be meditating on this as you go throughout the rest of your week. And, uh, don't forget to, uh, subscribe to all those, friend, all those things. You guys know the drill. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to be that person that like really pushes that stuff because I want more followers and I want more views and whatever. But if this touches you, um, in a way that, that was, that was beneficial and positive and, and a blessing, um, think about sharing this with someone else that might that might use it and might, might could, might could need it, you know? Um, but again, every Monday I'm going to be dropping new content, new episodes, um, as well as I can, as, as, as much as I can. And next week, um, I promise this time it's going to be me and Jasmine talking about early dating relationships, the elements of early dating. So I hope you guys Join me then, watch, listen to that as well. But until then, guys, I love you and may God bless you. I'll see you.